Zach Blockerby, Lindsey Crosby. We are now joined in studio by Representative Andrew Sorrell, which is a candidate for state auditor. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing really good. Sure, sure to appreciate y'all having me in this morning. Of course, of course. Yeah, we've talked once over the phone. Glad to have you. Uh, glad you. Glad to have you in the Auburn Network studios. What are you? Uh, what are you doing in East Alabama today? I got several campaign events down here. I got. I've got a lunch in Montgomery going on the Steve Flowers TV show later today. So just, I, I was in the area, so I thought I'd let you know and see if I could drop by. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. How different is it running? A statewide campaign versus, you know, just kind of, you know, one district. Yeah, it's funny. When you run for state house, I remember thinking four years ago, how do you get your name out to 50,000 people in a state house district? <laughs> well, looking back, that doesn't seem like that well, that's easy, a, right? Right. It's easy now. You just go so, to all their houses. You know, that's fine. <laughs> that's basically what I did. I knocked 11,000 doors. I handed out 30,000 palm cards. And I mean, we only had 20,000 people vote in the election. So, I mean, by, you know, I started with 3% name ID in my state house district. By the time I won... I had 83% name ID. So I understand how to win a somewhat local race like state representative. Now trying to figure out how do I get my name out statewide, yeah, yeah it's 105 times as large of a race as running in state house. Yeah, I can't knock on all those houses. I no, don't no, you can't. But that's why doing things like this radio show is so important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so for folks in East Alabama that don't know who you are, kind of give us, uh, kinda give us a summary of, of who that is. Well, I'm 35 years old. I am an entrepreneur. I started two companies. The first one I was 16. The second one I was 28. Uh, I am married. I have a first child, actually, on the way. Congratulations. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. We're due October 12th. In fact, I have childbirth classes tonight. So Nice. I, I can't say I'm looking forward to that. but <laughs> Back in Muscle Shoals? Yes. Oh, yes. Let, let me tell you, <laughs> there's not a lot that you have to do. Okay, that's good to know. Just, yeah, just know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's you're, the one who needs to study. You're just there you. for uh, for support and uh, to get yelled at. That's, that's, right. about, yep, it. that's, that's, that's about it. That's about it. Yep. yep. That yep. sounds good. Appreciate y'all uh, letting me know that. Yes. <laughs> don't but, take don't take it personally. She's going to yell no matter what yeah. you do. Okay. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Good oh, deal. Well. But yeah. So I'm you know I'm an entrepreneur and right. that's what I've spent the first you know half of my life doing basically, and I'm also a, a pilot and uh, an advanced scuba diver. So those are some of my my hobbies. Uh, I following. would lead with the advanced scuba diver. That's I'd, awesome. Yeah. I'd lead with the pilot. Really? Yeah. That's that's. See, fun. I feel like I know more pilots than advanced scuba divers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're both fun. I enjoy them both. Yeah, no, those, those are, that, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so the uh, the state auditor position, a lot of folks may have heard of that, but they may not know exactly what it does or that it's an elected position. So, kind of give us a summary of what that what that is. Sure. So, when I was first elected to the legislature in 2018, my first session started in March of 2019, and there was actually a bill introduced, two bills in the state senate that would eliminate the state auditor's office, and I thought boy, I need to go you know, research this bill and see if this is a position that we could afford to do without. So I went, of course, I talked to the current state auditor, and I started you know, researching what the office did, and I discovered, no, we can't afford to do without this position. We need to keep it because what the position does is it keeps track of everything that the state of Alabama owns, all of the physical property, not real estate. We're talking like pickup trucks. We're talking weapons. We're talking you know, computers. Yeah. Uh, anything with sensitive information on it is all tracked by the state auditor's office. Well, it's $1.7 billion worth of state-owned property That's spread right. out over 176 different state agencies. So for a budget of less than a million dollars a year, we can keep track of our $1.7 billion of property. And by the way, we lose about 1% of it every year. I say lose. A lot of it's probably being stolen. But the question you got to ask yourself is, how much would go missing if we didn't have a state auditor? If mm -hmm. people knew that nobody was coming behind them checking, then how much would we lose? Do all states have a state auditor? 
A lot of them do. I mean, I know Mississippi has one. I haven't yeah. researched the whole 50 states, but Mississippi's sure. auditor has been very successful, uncovered a lot of fraud and abuse, got some people arrested over there. It's kind of a good government watchdog position, and that's what you want. Now, I had people tell me, auditor, I don't want to be audited. I'm not voting for that. And I said, no, this doesn't audit you. This audits the government. And, he, oh, I'm for that. Everyone loves that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, especially in Alabama, for sure. For sure. So... Why is why is state auditor term limited? Is is there any kind of history to to why they made that decision? You know, I think all of the constitutional offices have the same term limits, and in Alabama, it's it's kind of interesting the way that we do it. It's you can serve two consecutive terms, and then if you take a term off, you can come back and do another two terms. Oh, really? That's how George Wallace was able to be governor four times in Alabama. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We're joined this morning by Representative Andrew Sorrell. He is a candidate for state auditor. We continue our conversation next, right here on Auburn Opelika this morning. Andrew Sorrell, a candidate for state auditor, joining us. Been a representative in Muscle Shoals since 18. Is that right? That's correct. 2018. So what are some, uh, what are some of the bigger ticket items that you've been more passionate about in your time serving in the, in the state house? I know... Gosh, over the last two years, there's been a lot of um, a lot of controversial topics. Whether it was lottery or um, you know, prisons have been a big thing, and just gambling as a whole. Uh, let's start with lottery. Where um, where where did your conversations about that bill happen amongst your peers? Yeah, so I think that if you were to poll Alabama, the majority of people want the lottery. But the reason you never see a lottery bill go through is because they're all garbage bills. And our gambling bill this year was so bad that Donald Trump Jr. actually tweeted out against it, saying. Please do not pass this terrible gambling bill. And my problem with the gambling, and the first, I'm not a gambler. I don't gamble. I don't even drink, personally. But I believe in liberty. So could I see myself voting for you know, alcohol bills? Yes, I vote for the alcohol bills. I think as an American, you have a right to drink if you want to do it responsibly. Well, same position with gambling. But the reason I cannot support any of these gambling bills is because they're all government-run. We've already got the state government selling alcohol in Alabama through the ABC boards. Mm -hmm. Government should not be in business. It should not be competing with private companies trying to sell alcohol. Why are we about to get the government into the gambling business? That's Mm -hmm. my question. The government is saying how many casinos we can have, where they're going to be. It's government-sponsored monopolies. That's the big thing to me is actually dictating in the bill, here's the location of each of each one, I thought one of the principles of small government was we don't want to pick winners and losers. The free market's going Absolutely. to decide. So why are in legislation? Why are we saying this is where the gambling facilities are going to be? Right, and we give carve out to you know the Porch Creek Indians. They get a special casino and stuff. None of this stuff is free market. So if we're going to do it, then we got to do it right. We've got to open it up, and we we can't tax it to death either. Okay, because everyone's like, oh boy, we could bring in hundreds of millions more dollars into state government. That's not my goal, okay? My goal is not to bring more money into the state government. My goal is actually to leave as much as possible in the pockets of taxpayers. Right, exactly, exactly. And so, I mean, I know that's been something that a lot of Alabamians have wanted for a long time, and it felt like it was closer this time than they've ever gotten, but still it seems like we're a long way off. Well, I'm glad it didn't go through this year because, again, I just think that it's not the right bill. It was a terrible bill, and the bill needed to die. And they did get very close. You know, it passed the Senate, came down to the House. They were a couple votes short in the House of mm-hmm. being able to pass that bill because sure. it's a constitutional amendment, so it's going to require a supermajority to pass. What did it look like? I mean, the debates between, you know, House members maybe behind closed doors. I mean, were, were those debates um, – was Were they passionate? Were they civil? I mean, what did that look like? Well, I feel like we got a bill down from the Senate towards the end of session. There were probably only three or four weeks left in session. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of the senators didn't even know what was in the bill they passed. The, the attitude was almost, let's pass the bill, send it down to the House, and see if they can clean it up for us. 
And so wow. that's that not was, how this should work. No, that that was an actual discussion that we had. We were very frustrated as members of the House that we, we were kind of given a bill that nobody really knew what was in it. I mean, you're almost relying on the media to sift through it and do an article to tell you what's in it because these are, you know, giant hundred page bills. Sure. Right. Right. Exactly. We're joined this morning by Andrew Sorrell, candidate for state auditor, representative in the Muscle Shoals uh, community. Prisons have been a big talking point and really the, the budgets behind them and and all of that. What have um, what has been your perspective on all of that? So we need new prisons, uh, but simply building new prisons doesn't solve the problem. So if you look at the federal lawsuit, you know, what things did they say we needed to fix? Well, yeah, they said we need new prisons, but they also said we don't we have inadequate health care in our prisons. OK, is that fixed by building a new building? No, we have inadequate mental health care. We have too high of a suicide rate. We have an inadequate number of guards in relation to the number of prisoners. We're overcrowded. Even the overcrowding problem wasn't going to be solved by the new prisons because the new prisons weren't really going to house any more people than the current prisons. Mm -hmm. And the worst part about this whole thing is at the end of all of this billions of dollars, we weren't going to own the prison. Well, also true. Now, that was in the governor's plan. Yeah. Now, there was, a, there was a kind of a competing plan where the legislature would just borrow the money with a big bond issue and build the new prisons. I don't really like that either because I don't like borrowing money. Again, that's not, to me, small government conservatism. So my question is if we build prisons – that we know have a lifespan of 30 years, then why are we not saving up one-thirtieth of the cost for the next 30 years so that when the useful life is expired, we have cash to pay for the next one? State government never does that. We spend every penny that comes in. We're joined this morning by Andrew Sorrell, a candidate for state auditor. We will continue our conversation in just a moment right here on Auburn Opelika this morning. Final segment of this hour of Auburn Opelika this morning. Zach Blackerby, Lindsey Crosby were joined by Representative Andrew Sorrell, who's a candidate for state auditor, we're talking about um, your campaign, but also just kind of your, your platform and, and things that you've accomplished while in the state house. Let's talk about some of the bills that you have carried, uh, if you would. Yeah, so you know, my, one of the reasons I ran for state house was to carry the constitutional carry bill, which is quite simple. It says that you don't have to purchase a pistol permit in order to carry a weapon concealed on your person or in your vehicle. So this is pretty basic stuff. You know, the Second Amendment says. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So having to purchase a permit in order to bear your arm is a clear and obvious infringement of our Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. Twenty other states have already passed constitutional carry. Uh, Tennessee, Texas, Louisiana. Uh, I mean, even liberal states like Maine and Vermont have constitutional carry, and we don't seem to be able to get it done in Alabama. So I set out to change that. Now, my first year, I only had five co-sponsors on the bill. Other legislators were laughing at me, saying, you will never pass that bill out of the Public Safety Committee. Fast forward two years, I had 24 co-sponsors this year, including two members of Republican leadership. And for the first time in Alabama history, I got the bill out of the House Public Safety Committee with a party line vote. I think the vote was eight to four. Okay. It's a little too late in the session to move it, but next year I feel very strongly that bill is going to be on the floor for a vote. And I'll just be honest with you, I don't think Republicans are voting no on a gun bill in, their, in an election year. What, um, what's the biggest argument against that? Uh, well, there's two arguments against it. There's the public safety argument. Uh, that the sheriffs make, which, quite honestly, doesn't hold water because we have statistics in 20 other states, including the safest state in the nation, Maine, has constitutional carry. There's been no increase in gun crime. There's been no increase in violent crime after you pass constitutional carry. So that argument, to me, doesn't hold water. The other objection is, of course, the sheriffs uh, charge about $21 million a year to Alabamians for the pistol permits, and it's mm. a revenue source for them. And look, I get it. I don't want to cut funding for the sheriffs either. I will happily vote to give the sheriffs money if they need it. We need to be funding our law enforcement, but we don't need to be funding them by selling people their constitutional rights back, right? We don't charge you to vote. 
right. don't charge you for your First Amendment right to free speech. What if you had to carry a free speech card around with you? Get a background check, pay your sheriff twelve fifty a year. Then you have the right to free speech. No, we would never put up with that. So why do we put up with that for a Second Amendment right? Sure, uh, I, I think that's uh, I Great think point. that's something that's gonna gonna get more and more momentum there. So uh, what other bills have you uh, have you carried? So the bill that I've actually gotten passed was a civil asset forfeiture reform bill. So for your listeners who might not be familiar with civil forfeiture, it's a process by which let's say you get pulled over, you have some marijuana in your car. So the policeman can seize your car, he can seize your trailer you're pulling behind you, he can seize your cash, he can seize your lawn equipment on the trailer. All that stuff goes to civil court, and there's a case, you know, state of Alabama versus, you know, property of Andrew Sorrell. And that case goes through civil court. You go to criminal court for the marijuana possession charge. Now, here's the problem I have with that system. If you're not proven guilty in criminal court, you can still lose your stuff in civil court. There should never be a case not where – Not how that should work. Right. No. You should have to be proven guilty in a court of law before you lose your stuff. So my bill said, okay, we're going to have the property follow the person. Both are going to go through criminal court. The same judge and jury that decide your guilt or innocence decide the disposition of the property after that verdict. That's what my bill originally did. Wasn't able to get that version passed, but we did strike a deal with the District Attorneys Association that did several positive things. Number one, we eliminated roadside waivers. So 2 a.m., there's a 19-year-old gets pulled over. A policeman hands him something, says, here, sign right here. He's signing away his rights to all his property. He didn't know what he's signing. Right? We just eliminate. We're not going to do roadside waivers in Alabama. We put minimum thresholds on seizures. We're not going to seize cash under $250, and we're not going to seize a vehicle under $5,000. And the reason is quite simple. And you say, why would the DAs agree to that? Because we lose money prosecuting those cases. Mm. It actually costs the state more to prosecute. Like, what's the point in seizing a $5,000 automobile if it costs you $6,000 to adjudicate the case? Right. True. So we just, we just don't even seize those at all. We put a prompt post-seizure hearing in there. So within seven days, let's say you're an innocent owner. Mama loaned her car to Junior. She didn't know Junior had drugs in the car. Should Mama lose her car? No, of course not. Right. Mama has to, maybe she just loaned it to him for the weekend. She needs it to get to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to get Mama her car back. So just a lot of good common sense reforms in that bill. Senator Arthur Orr carried it in the Senate. It was SB 210. His version ended up moving first, so I carried it in the House, and I passed it unanimously out of committee and on the floor and governor signed it in May. We're joined this morning by candidate for state auditor representative Andrew Sorrell this morning. So it sounds like you've gotten a lot of stuff done since entering the state house in 2018. What's making you want to pivot now to uh, to the auditor position? I ended up carrying a bill this year dealing with the state auditor's office, and it just really piqued my interest in the position. Mm -hmm. And what the bill did is it returned the Department of Public Examiner's under the state auditor's office. So when most people hear state auditor, they think, oh, you're going in and doing financial audits on the county commissions and the school boards. No, that's not done by the state auditor. I think it should be. And right now it's done by the Department of Public Examiners, which reports to the legislature. Now, my opinion is if you report to everyone, you report to no one. Right. That's usually how that stuff goes. Mm -hmm. I think that job is important enough. They should be reporting to a statewide constitutionally elected officer that the voters can hold accountable. So my bill would have restored that power to the state auditor's office. The bill ended up not moving, but I still think that that's I – th I think that's the direction that we need to move in, and that's what got me interested in the position. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So as you uh, do your travels around the state of Alabama, what does that look like so far? You know, I've been so surprised how many people have said, oh, I heard you on the Dale Jackson show. Oh, I, he I heard you on the Jeff Poor show in Mobile. I was at a Huntsville show Saturday handing a card out, and this guy said, oh, yeah, I heard you on the radio in Mobile. So I can't believe the reach that talk radio has. It's really incredible. Big fan of radio here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I figured y'all were. We like radio. <laughs> no, it really works. So it's, it's been a lot yeah. more of the TV and the radio appearances, but I'm doing my best to still run a grassroots campaign. You know, we've already knocked 1,000 doors. We've already handed out 6,000 of my palm cards, and we've only been campaigning for three weeks. 
So I'm doing my absolute so, best to meet everybody in the state that I can. Am I going to meet all 5 million people? No, but I'm going to try my best. What's your team look like right now? Anybody, uh, anybody really stepping up to help you out? I've got, I've got several good staffers and a lot of good volunteers. And yeah. I go to church with some people from DeKalb County. They took me over to the Henniger Potato Festival. Well, they knew like half the people there. Sure. He was a rescue diver. Of course, we get along good. He's a scuba diver. Right. right. He was a rescue diver in DeKalb County. He knows every first responder in DeKalb County. He got me a ton of votes. So, yeah, I've got, got a really good uh, crew of volunteers and staff. I've gotten a few texts from uh, from listeners saying that they really like what you're saying. If folks are uh, are, are in tune with what you're saying, they want to be a part of it and, and help support your campaign, what's the best way for folks to get involved? Well, there's two ways. They need to go to andrewsterrell.com. They can either donate or they can um, volunteer using the links on the website. They can also just read more about me. Uh, there's a very interesting story of how I met my wife. I think everyone should check out. Ooh, um, there okay. is uh, more more issue positions, and I think if people realize what I stand for, that I really am a principled small government conservative, then I think they'll be more likely to vote for me. And I'll go ahead and tell you, the last three scorecards that have come out in Alabama, I've been ranked either number one or tied for number one most conservative in the legislature. And I'm a proven fiscal conservative, and what better person do you want for the state auditor's office than a proven fiscal conservative? And where can they go online to find all this information? So andrewsorrell.com, and Sorrell is S-O-R-R-E-L-L. They can also go to Andrew Sorrell for State Auditor on Facebook and find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you for stopping by. Really, really appreciate that, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. That is Andrew Sorrell. Once again, he is running for State Auditor. Lindsey Crosby, another hour in the books. we got one more. I can do one more, yeah. All right, sweet. Our friend Noah Gardner, the cleanest man in radio, joins us in 10 minutes. Stay tuned. This is Auburn Opelika this morning.